Hey, spring training is underway, and White Sox fans are left with a lot to chew on after the press conferences from Wednesday afternoon. Mike Clevenger is in camp and will be permitted uh, to fully participate while he remains under investigation for violating MLB's domestic violence policy. Uh, Clinton Cole from Future Sox will join me in a bit to talk all things Chicago White Sox. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Socks. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day hey welcome back to locked on white Sox pitchers and catchers uh, in glendale arizona position players waiting on them uh february 20th although there are some that are already there as we saw from some video uh, exciting stuff hey really appreciate you passing this podcast along to other white Sox fans in your life uh uh, we got a lot to get to with uh, the press conference that happened on Wednesday, breaking that up a little bit, but also want to talk about, you know, some of the things to still look forward to this spring. And there's a lot of battles going on, namely second base uh, in right field. Got a lot of prospects to keep an eye on. And I'm going to bring in Clinton Cole, uh, who can really shed some light on, uh, on all the young talent that we've got in Glendale, Arizona. Clinton, I really appreciate you giving me some of your time to talk White Sox. Yeah, man, this is going to be a lot of fun, no problem. Clinton, you are a contributor to uh, Future Sox, and I want to tap into, uh, you know, your thoughts and opinions on Colas and Montgomery and, and Sosa and and what we can really expect from, from Andrew Vaughn, your take on him and maybe even some of the pitchers. Uh, but got to talk to you, you know, first and foremost about uh, what happened on Wednesday, uh, Rick Hahn had a press conference. He talked, Mike Clevenger talked, Pedro Grifol, uh talked. You know, how do you personally, as a Sox fan, how have you been processing this Clevenger uh, mess, is what I call it, uh, that the White well, Sox have on their hands? You know, at first, let, let's go back to the actual signing. When they signed him, you know, a lot of people, I guess a lot of people, there's two ways to look at it. Now, let, let's say the Sox spent, you know, they, they brought in several big free agents this year or something like that, and this was like an afterburner, your fifth starter. I don't think a lot of people would have had a problem with it. And then this is before we learned about the other stuff. I don't think a lot of people would have had a problem with it. I think people had a problem with it because the only other thing they really did was sign Andrew Benintendi. And so the Clevenger signing was just magnified because that's the only other big name they brought in. In, you know, once again, we're still talking about just the baseball stuff. Having him as your fifth starter at $12 million a year, them thinking maybe they can tap into the Clevenger of, of the past. I didn't mind the signing. I mean, he's your fifth starter. Yeah. You saw what Cueto got um, in, 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 uh, in Miami, 
yeah, okay, was Cueto going to do it again? I don't know. It's your, it's your fifth starter. You know, I, honestly, it's your fifth starter. I, the signing itself didn't have a problem with it. Didn't love that the second biggest signing they had this season. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a problem with it. Then you get to the other stuff, and then that's where the issue lies. You know, obviously, you don't ever, ever want to be associated with anything, anything along those lines. Allegations, you know, guilty, innocent. It's just not good, especially for everything the Sox have dealt with. All the Tony Larusa stuff seemed like they turned a page with Pedro, and then they do this. So, yeah. baseball-wise, didn't have a problem with it. Other stuff, obviously, had a problem with it. Yeah, uh, they signed Mike Clevenger uh, like he was white hot. Like they had to absolutely have him. And I think it's a, just a it's a problem with uh, how the White Sox allocate monies, and uh, you know, like they pick from a certain barrel. It's like this is these are the types of pitchers we can choose from because we don't uh, spend, you know, for premium starting pitching like other teams uh, do. It's just not something that the White Sox do. So uh, after hearing or, uh, you you know, maybe getting snippets of what Rick Hahn had to say uh, at this press conference or even what Mike Clevenger had to say, you know, initial thoughts and feelings uh, from that press conference. You know, so I I listened to the some of the replays on, on the score on the way all the way home from work tonight. And the interesting part is, you know, obviously you weren't going to hear Clevenger be like, Oh, yep, I did it. You know, mm-hmm. he's not going to, he wasn't going to admit that to the, to the reporters there. So obviously he, you knew what he was going to say. You knew what Rick Hahn was going to say. It, man, having, having Clevenger go on record though, and denying and denying and denying mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then saying, you know, I can't wait for the facts to come out, you know, paraphrasing, not quoting, can't wait for the facts to come out, you know, I want to talk about baseball. It's just like, it's so weird because you saw the the stuff on Instagram. And then you have him denying it in front of the world like this. I honestly, either he's a very, very sick individual or he's right. You know, there, there isn't going to be any middle ground in this. There's not like, Oh, I, I I hit her once or, you know, that, that, that's not, there is no middle ground. Mm -hmm. You either did this or you didn't do this. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what actually is the truth. You know, I'm, I mean, I don't, I can't say I'm rooting for one way or the other because her life has changed and it sounds like she went through stuff regardless of what it was. And now his life has changed because of these allegations. So I'm not rooting for anyone. I just want to know the truth so then we can move forward. Yeah. And I don't know if we ever will. That, yeah, that's my big, that's my worry. And it's just an absolute mess. It's not how, uh, it's not how Pedro Graffol uh, was hoping to start uh, his spring training. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the off season and obviously the Sox have uh, received some horrible grades uh, from several publications yeah. regarding the off season. And I think it's warranted, especially now that, you know, uh, regard regarding this Clevenger situation, I guess, what, what would you have done differently? Maybe, uh, player wise, uh, or, or free agency wise, or, or you know, uh, personnel wise, what, what were you hoping the White Sox uh, would accomplish? And is there any specific names that you were hoping that the Sox would have brought on board? Yeah, so honestly, I think it honestly goes back to the Bryce Harper, Manny Machado situation. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I want to go all the way back there because you signed one of those guys. You saw what Bryce Harper did last year in the postseason run. Just, I mean, he earned every single dollar that he was paid. You see what Manny Machado can do day in and day out. You have one of those guys that's a different story than you know is what we're talking about now. So going back to that, they had the money. It's just we know that Jerry doesn't want to spend any money, whether it's the Bulls or the White Sox. 
Um, so going back to that, going back to this this year, did, did anyone think that they were going to sign Justin Verlander or, or Jacob deGrom or any of these guys? No. Could they have? Absolutely. And I think the, the sad part is we're in the third biggest media market in the country, right? Trying behind New York and LA. The White Sox have the money to do these things. But there wasn't one White Sox fan who in their right mind thought they were going to make a, an actual effort at Jacob deGrom, right? You sign Jacob deGrom, you're not signing Mike Clevenger. So outside of those top names, I honestly don't know. It was just like plug and play, basically, is what it was. There were, I'm trying to think of who I wanted at second base. Um, shoot, not... Uh, I mean, Gene Segura, I don't think gets you into the, uh, I mean, again, I don't think uh, he gets you into like all of a sudden uh, we are in the AL elite, but he's a proven second baseman that I think was in financial range uh, for the White Sox. It it seems like uh, they are really uh, bent on on forcing the youth movement at second base. Do you feel that way? Like, you know, we're not going to spend there because we've got Gonzalez and Sosa and we believe in them. And also that's cost effective. I think part of their thought process is also Colson Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Now I don't expect Colson Montgomery to be here this year. Um, but I mean, he's in, he's going to be in double A. You don't know who knows, but then you're right. They do have Romy. They do have Lenin. Unfortunately, they still have Lurie. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, yes, they, they think that, you know, you know, you do have Jose Rodriguez. You do have these young guys that, and honestly, I, I think part of their thought process was you have you see what Dylan Cease does, you know, if he can do that again, if, if Geo bounces, listen to all these ifs, if Geo bounces back, if Lance Lynn does what Lance Lynn does, if Kopeck is what he should be, and then you go through healthy Tim Anderson, healthy Eloy, healthy Luis Robert, they they don't need the second base. They don't need a jazz chisel. They don't need to go out and trade everything if they get all this stuff taken care of. That's a lot of ifs. I know that. Yeah, I'm afraid that's what their thought process is. Uh, I, I agree. I, I want to talk a little bit more of that uh, in, in a moment. I, I want to get uh, your take on some of the other young prospects like uh, Colas and uh, who might be this year's Davis Martin. We're going to get to all that uh, with Clinton Cole. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from the money line to point point scorers and threes drained. Uh, plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Clinton, um, you know, the right field battle, again, like like we had, you had just mentioned with second base, uh, haven't been able to find a second baseman for forever, haven't really been able to solidify right field. Uh, Aloy wants it. He's not going to get it. He shouldn't get it. He's going to be your designated hitter. So you've got uh, a, a bit of a battle, but... It really shouldn't be a battle, I guess. Uh, even though Colas has, you know, 
little experience in AAA, but the potential is high. He's an actual proven right fielder. What what should we realistically expect in your mind out of Oscar Colas? I'm going to read you. I posted this on Twitter <laughs> a couple about a month ago. I'm going to read you a scouting report that I got from someone who saw them more than anyone else, maybe other than no, I mean probably more than Chris Getz in person because this guy was there every single game. All right, here we go. Oscar is going to hit a lot of homers. He's got incredible bat speed and barrels up everything. He needs the challenge of big league pitching, but should hold his own. Defense is good enough for right field. He played in center field some, which is okay. There are about 15 clubs that feel he can play major league right field for 10 years, and then a few are not sure. Then he goes on to say, more power than Aloy and Robert. Robert is the best athlete. Aloy the best pure hitter. Good guy, fits in with the teammates. And then if he hits in spring, let him be the opening day right fielder. Might as well. I think he's ready. Mm. <laughs> that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good write-up. And that is a and that is a, a source that I I trust. I mean, he's he's yeah. been doing this for quite some time, so he knows what he's talking about. I, I think that uh, you know I, I've heard a lot about him being able to mash the fastball, and uh, and I hope he puts on a show in spring training. Uh, I'm sure he will. Uh, struggle with big league pitching. It's understandable. Uh, everybody does uh, go through those hurdles. Uh, I hope that he has the mentality and he will find a comfort in a veteran. It sounds like Luis Robert has already started talking to him and in uh, mentoring him a bit. He's going to need that, especially without Jose Abreu on the team in that in that leadership role. Who will step up? You know to help. Uh, on, but uh, I love hearing in that write-up. I love I love hearing the defense because this this team was horrible defensively last year, and we did not have actual outfielders in the corner outfield for most of the season, and other teams knew it and they took advantage of it. So I, I just I hope that Colas just you know he doesn't have to you know I, I know what he's going to want to do right. You know, he's going to want to prove uh, from the get-go that I should be here. And you're not going to win it in the first practice or in the first game. But just, you know, play solid defense. You know, hit your cutoff, man. Just look like you know what you're doing out there. Uh, and then I think your offense will will come through. So, uh, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it, it totally does. And I think another thing, I mean, he is 24 years old. So, what, what else is he going to do? Like, he's not – He's not like it's not. He's not 21. He's not Julio Rodriguez, who is a kid coming up. He's not wasn't a Wander Franco type thing. He's he's older, right? So he's he's not going to learn much more down there. If he's ready, he's ready. I mean, if he's going to be good, he's going to be good now, right? Um, I think one of the good things is with this lineup having all the potential that it does, he can bat in the eight hole, right? Or he can bat in the seven hole with if you want to put ground all behind him. But definitely, who is ever playing. Second base is going to bat ninth. But you don't need Colas to come in and hit third. You don't need him hit fourth, second, fifth. That's taken care of. So I think that's going to take a lot of pressure off him as well. Um, they're going to be people on base for him. And that's only going to help him, you know, as he as he acclimates to major league pitching. Yeah, that, that's a great point. That's what I hope. I hope the core yeah, of this White Sox so. team, you know, like – he can hide in plain sight, right? If uh, if Anderson's cooking and Robert and Jimenez and Vaughn uh, and, and Mancata, if those guys, uh, and even Brandal, you know, if they're, 
if they're at least getting back to where they used to be, not having career years, I think Colas can kind of hide and like figure out, okay, just tread water, uh, but be serviceable, you know, and uh, th- that, that would be the dream. If everybody is uh, tanking, so to speak, or having a slow uh, get out of the gate, which is not uncommon for the Sox in April and May, then that will magnify you know, if Colas is also struggling, uh, I think. So uh, let's go pitching just a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of uh, lot, lot of young arms that we could kind of put under a magnifying glass and say, wow, uh, this, uh, this is interesting. I don't know if it's interesting now, but, you know, a guy like Schultz, uh, when, when can we maybe see him? You hear about Burke and Thompson. Uh, Davis Martin had a lot of step-up uh, moments uh, last season. We might need him this year too, but is there a new – uh, maybe Davis Martin uh, for this White Sox team in 2023. I think the biggest, I mean, the, the easy name is Sean Burke. I mean, yep. it has to be Sean. Um, a guy that who, 6'6", I believe, he, he's got a, a wide sports background. Um, he's an athlete, too. I mean, he's not just a just a pitcher. He's an athlete, too. So that, that really helps. I think Sean Burke is your, is your easy answer. And then there's other guys. Like, you think about, I'm not saying they're ready, but, like, think about the Matthew Thompson, the the – Jared Kelly's the, the guys like this, the, that they, they drafted a few years ago that, you know, they drafted pretty high. Right. And mm-hmm. it, it's a put up or shut up year for a lot of those guys in that group. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think, you, mean, you got Jonathan Stever who who's hurt. Yeah. He's going to be coming back. There's another guy, uh, Bill Seamus's kid, Cole Seamus, uh, another guy to keep an eye on. They've, they've got a lot of different guys that are there. And then Vera, obviously he's a little ways away. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Those guys out of that group, I, I think that's that's probably your answer. I don't. That's not a great answer. But. No, but it's a, it's a collection of arms that yeah. I don't feel like we had maybe a few years ago. You know, right. to, that, to get somewhat happened. to get somewhat excited about. So it, it is encouraging to hear that the, there's something to maybe look forward to. Uh, I've had, I've had this asked of me uh, quite a bit, and I know you probably have as well, and other Sox fans just talked about it on a mailbag uh, episode on Wednesday. Uh, Jake Berger, you know, what what to make of Jake Berger, and he seems like a, a just a man without a home. You know, he's, he's blocked at third. I, I don't think he can play second base at the big league level, at least win a job from Gonzalez or Sosa. Uh, he could make the team as a DH, but you're probably going to look at a lefty bat like, you know, Gavin Sheets and uh, Scott Merkin wrote up that Victor Reyes is, is probably more valuable as well. Uh, I'm rooting for Jake Berger. I think, you know, he's an easy guy to root for with everything that he's come through. Uh, he had some moments with his bat last season, which were exciting. Yeah. Uh, what to make of Jake Berger in 2023? So here's the situation. So we were talking a little bit before we before we went on the air about my yep. relationship with some of these guys. So I actually invited Gavin to my wedding. I got married in December. So I, did you really Yeah, I mean, like these guys, like I talked to these guys and like, it, it's hard to like get up here and say like, no, I don't want them on the team. But then it's like, yeah. Hey Gavin, you know, you know, things like that. Same with, same with Jake. I mean, these guys are such great guys that it's like, you want to see them succeed even more. Um, Berger can hit, right? He can hit Gavin can hit you know, necessarily play the outfield and he shouldn't be out there and that's going to be taken care of this year. I think those two guys, if they can find a way for both of them to make the team, I don't know how, I don't know how that's possible. Um, I think a lot of people thought Berger or Gavin were going to get traded this off season mm-hmm. because of that log jam. Um, Gavin is valuable with that left-handed bat. 
man, it, it's, I don't know if you want Jake Berger playing second base. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, you would rather move Moncada back to second and have Berger play third or some musical chairs situation on the infield than have Berger play second base, um, especially without the shift this year. There's a lot, there's a lot more ground to cover for second baseman mm-hmm. now, which is why, you know, we don't like them, but the Cubs that middle up, up the middle for the Cubs is, is pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyways, so is there room, you know, time will tell if you hit, you've got a spot. Yeah. You can hit the ball. You'll always have a spot. Ask your Mercedes, right? Um, so <laughs> uh, if you could find him. Uh, yeah. 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 No, that's yeah, a, that's prepared. a good point, Clinton. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, best case scenario is just Jake Berger hits the cover off the ball and he, uh, you know, it's like, he can't, it, yeah, he forces his way. He can't be denied. So an interesting guy to, to look out for uh, in Glendale. So uh, in a moment, want to talk to uh, you about bullpen, tons of question marks. We now have a, a clearer picture on Garrett Crochet, which isn't great. Uh, delayed availability, really. So what are the Sox going to do uh, with the closer role? Uh, more on that in a moment. Garrett Crochet might not be available, Clinton, until May, late April, May. We kind of found that out uh, in today and Wednesday's press conference uh, with Rick Hahn. Um, he was an arm that we definitely missed out of the bullpen last year. Uh, obviously, Liam Hendricks, uh, TBD, he's dealing with something much bigger than baseball and all, and, you know, thinking about him and his family, of course. Um, Kendall Graveman could potentially be your ninth inning guy. I like Ronaldo Lopez, even though he has zero experience uh, closing and has zero saves on his big league resume, uh, but he wants it, which I like that. I think it could be a, a bit of a competition. There's always some interesting arms that emerge right out of spring training. Could it be a, you know, close by committee? Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on how the Sox might be able to tackle this? Um, until... You know, I, I think Aaron Bummer is a guy who obviously needs to bounce back here. Yeah. Um, but he has the stuff. Reynaldo is my choice. I've got Graveman. You've got you've got a bunch of guys, right? Joe Kelly. Joe, Joe Kelly. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Man, what a, what a guy, right? He is um, a character. Yeah. But another guy with the stuff. If it's on, these guys all have the stuff. But then being a closer is a completely different animal. It's up here more than it is uh, it is physical too, but it's up there. You know, it's it's one thing coming in the sixth inning, the game not on line as it is coming in the ninth inning, which is what makes Liam Hendricks, you know, top five closer in baseball. Whatever you want to, however you rank him, doesn't really matter. Ronaldo Lopez, I think, would be my my favorite. Or when I say my favorite, I guess my choice to do it. Um, are they going to go right to him, or that's going to be Graveman? I don't know. You, you have no idea. Uh, what's going to happen? Crochet, obviously, would be another guy. Once he's back, don't have a clear cut. The good thing is, if you remember, we turned Sergio Santos into a closer, you know, a decade ago, whatever that was. He was a shortstop. So, you know, you don't you don't necessarily have to grow up as a closer to be a closer, which is why I'm very hopeful for Reynaldo to win the closer role. I yeah, it – I think that that's a, you know, we think about position battles quite a bit, but to me, it's always those interesting arms and, and how they step up and what, and what opportunities maybe Grafol and the pitching staff, Ethan Katz, put them in uh, throughout, uh, you know, spring training. And, 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 you know, you, again, you might want something. Ronaldo Lopez wants it. 
but can he handle right. it? To your point, it, it is such a different beast. Uh, Want to talk about Lucas Giolito? Um, I man, and I think I know I'm not alone. Uh, I've been off the Giolito uh, train. I've been back on. Last year, uh, obviously, he knew it. It was just an absolute mess. Um, he's saying all the right things. I, I love what I'm seeing in terms of like, you know, shedding the weight, kind of getting back into a repeatable motion, flexibility, all that stuff that, you know, he got away from last season. No lockout to permit any conversations uh, with Ethan Katz or the rest of the White Sox organization. This is a prove it year for Lucas Giolito. It, it absolutely is. And I think it's a it's a good scenario for the White Sox because they can benefit from a from a Lucas Giolito yeah. that is determined uh, to have a good year. Uh, but if he has a year that he wants to, which would put him in the top ten, top five Cy Young conversation, a big bounce back. I think he's priced himself out of the Chicago White Sox how they traditionally spend in starting pitching. Uh, do you think Lucas Giolito wears a White Sox uniform in twenty twenty four? Well, honestly, Nick, after they win the World Series this year, it's not really going to matter. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but, Boy, but yeah, <laughs> you're you're right. We don't. You know what? Yeah, if they win the World Series. There's a lot of these things that we don't have to worry about. Don't be a gym about. teacher. I don't even care. <laughs> exactly. um, no, but but you know, you hope that's a problem, right? Yeah. You hope we're having that discussion next November. Like you hope that Lucas did enough to warrant a large paycheck. You know, if not. Not, not great. So, I mean, you think you got, you got Cease as your one, Lynn is your two, and then Giolito, Kopech, three, four, however you want to, however you want to dice it. Not so with Giolito not having to be the one, I think that's, I think that's going to help him a lot, man. I, yeah. I really do. Um, it's the same thing with, with the Colossus situation. Obviously, Giolito's more, a little bit more proven track record, mm -hmm. but he went from worst to one of the best to in the bad, you know, last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, dropping the weight we'll see there is no way to know he's got the stuff we know he's got the stuff if he's on hopefully we see we have that discussion you know in october november next year of man what are we going to do how are we going to afford lucas Gilito? yeah it, it would be a carlos rodan situation where he had to prove it year and he absolutely proved it and uh we were having conversations as fans that we never thought we would when he took a uh just a you know, a couple million dollar deal with the Sox uh, in that off season. So, uh, you know, you talked about hope and, and I really think that's what the White Sox are trying to pitch to fans, uh, you know, hope that everybody can stay healthy, uh, hope that uh, players return to accustomed levels uh, as a Sox fan heading into 2023 here, where, where does your hope lie? Uh, what player or players do you really, are you really betting on that you know they're realistic to have a bounce back year, and if that happens, this team's going to be dangerous in the AL Central. Here, here's the crazy part: you're going to think I'm insane. <laughs> like this team plays well, how they're capable. I mean, they're it's so bad because you don't know where the pitching is. But like, yeah, offensively, this lineup is as good as any team in baseball, which sounds stupid right now. I know. Like you have you get Grandal back to where he was. You get these are all ifs. Healthy Robert or healthy Luis Robert, healthy Eloy. Eloy can hit 40 home runs. Robert can be a 30 30 guy. Tim Anderson can hit 330. Moncada, best prospect in baseball. Coming sure. Out. Yeah. I mean, like, Andrew Vaughn just hits the crap out of the ball. The thing is, if, every, if everything clicks, I mean, this team can be really, really, really good. Also, we saw last year how bad they can be 
and they could get even worse and have a fire sale, you know, something along those lines um, at, at the deadline. So this team, I, I, I think the the odds, I don't know what, what FanDuel has them at. It's in the 82, 83, 84 range. Yeah, 83 and a half, yeah. Yeah, I, I did some, I was looking back, um, I looked back since 2010, how many wins it's taken to win the AL Central, right? Just doesn't mean anything, but mm-hmm. only twice has it been a team with less than 90 wins. Hmm. I don't know, it might have been three times, but only two or three times, right? So that's less than 25% of the time. 75% of the time or more, you need 90 wins. The White Sox probably aren't going to win the wild card. Their best route to winning, to making the playoffs is probably going to be to win the division because there's so many other good teams. Is this a 90 win team? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, that's, that's yeah. seven and a half, eight wins over what the line is. And usually Vegas is pretty accurate, you know, give or take three or four wins here or there. That's a tall task. Everything clicks. They can do it. They could also win seventy-five games. It's yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's a tough team to uh, predict because of what happened last year, and, and we just don't know the ceilings and and so many guys. And it is it is mind blowing when you think about the potential if they can all hit and stay healthy. Um, yeah. Clinton, I absolutely I can't thank you enough. Love the insight on, on these young guys uh, that we could potentially see not only this year but beyond. Uh, really appreciate you coming on Lockdown Socks. Had a great time, man. Uh, anytime you want me, just let me know. This is a blast. Oh, yeah, we will definitely check in. Uh, please, before uh, you go, just let everybody know where we can find all, all of your, your work. Yeah, I'm on, uh, on Twitter at uh, CDCole55. Um, do some interviews with Future Socks, and then I know we don't like them, but I've also, I also worked with the Cubs Den and, and some of their stuff, so I know a lot of their prospects, too. <laughs> Brendan Davis ever stays healthy, man. That's another really good ball player to keep an eye yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Chris Morrell is awesome too. But yeah, there you go. Awesome, uh, Clinton Cole, contributor of Future Sox. Thank you so much, buddy. Thanks for having me, folks. Thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Socks. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and get your questions in for next week's uh, Mailbag Wednesday. That email is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown White Socks your first listen. I'll make your second listen the Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, uh, spring training battles, uh, bullpen dilemmas. We'll try to pick apart a little bit more of the Wednesday press conference between uh, Han, Clevenger, and Grafol. All that as the White Sox get going in Glendale, Arizona. Appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.